I morena atua. Kororia ki te mātua, ki te tama iti, ki te wairua tapu. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. <laughs> and thank you for the security, uh, Almighty God, that you give to us and we're in a connection with you. Um, thanks for those cool words that Thomas read out, eh, that you have got us, <laughs> I think is the essence of that psalm. Um, you have got us. Yeah, crazy things hit us and smash us, but through it all, if we keep our eyes on you, if we keep ourselves connected with you, you've got us. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thank you so much for that, God. Eh? Thanks for that reality. Thanks for that truth that we can hold on to. Um, that you are not a God who is far off, but you are a God who is close. A God who loves us and cares about us way, 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 way more than we'll ever understand in this life or the life to come. And we celebrate that. Thank you that you really do delight in us. <laughs> Thank you that no matter how massive our struggle has been lately, um, you smile on us. Uh, you love to bless us and hold us close, which is just the most incredible reality ever. We're just humbled by that truth, God. Yeah. Yeah, can you speak this morning? Um, we want to hear from you this morning. We're not here to just tick off our, yes, I went to church, I'm so spiritual box. Um, we're here to connect with you. So speak um, this morning. We're really listening, God. I yeah, pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Alrighty. Hey, Morena. Anyway, good to see you all. Um, buenos dias. Buenos dias. Good to see you. Cool, la familia. Hey, um, we're carrying on our spiritual gift series, so I'm doing two. Whoa, I'm like super echo. It's freaking me out. Is that all good? Does that sound weird to you guys, or is it just me? Yeah. Sounds super weird. It's all good. Alex will work his magic. Well, it's weirder if I stand right here. Hey, nah, it's all good. Okay, I was going to try and sound like a robot, but it didn't work. Things. Hey, um, so I'm doing. Are you ready? Two spiritual gifts this morning. So that's the kind of preacher I am. Not just one, two. Double blessing for you all. Some people were looking at me with this like, what? Face the invite, whatever. Hey, so um, one of the things I wanted to talk about too is I keep having these funny conversations with people and it's mainly old people like myself. I got some grey in my beard who grew up with this whole like, God, just he loves you, but he's going to give you a horrible spiritual gift or he's going to call you to be a missionary in like Africa and you're going to have like worms coming out your ears and you know, ah. And there was this, Joseph and I were joking about this past week, how like we grew up in this crazy culture of church that when God gives you a spiritual gift, it'll be something you hate. You just want, because it'll, it'll teach you to trust in him and be dependent on him and all this kind of weird stuff. So I wanted, and I had a couple of conversations this week with someone who was like, I'm all excited about doing the spiritual gift thing, but I'm just really worried I won't like it. And I was like, no, 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 no. So let me do a, a shocking illustration to start with. Um, it would be like this. So I love Jordan. Jordan's the man. Love you, bro. He's the man. So let's imagine it's Jordan's birthday, and I want to buy Jordan a present. And Jordan is awesome. So Jordan's part of the staff team, and he's just phenomenal. And I love Jordan, and I'm like, man, I just love him so much, I'm going to get him a birthday gift. And so I go to the warehouse, easiest place to buy a birthday gift, right, because there's like a million things. And I'm walking down the aisles, and then I see something that I know Jordan will just hate. And I'm like, yes. Thank you, Jesus. I found something Jordan will just hate, man. I'm gonna, not only is he going to hate this, he's going to open it and just be like, what, Craig, this is like, he'll uh, just be speechless, right? He'll just hate it so much. It would just be the worst thing I could ever buy him. But I'm like, man, this will totally show my love for Jordan by giving him something. Stupid, right? Stupid. 
So that's what we're saying when we say that God's going to give us a gift that we don't like. We're saying that either God is dumb or he doesn't really love us or something like that, right? Um, God delights in you. <laughs> I was thinking about it this week and I was like, if you're listening on the podcast, hey, kia ora, good to see you. I was thinking about it here. I'm over by the cross if you're on the podcast. Um, the creator of the universe doesn't <laughs> nail himself to this thing <laughs> um, because he doesn't love you. He loves you like crazy. That's why he did the whole cross deal, the crucifixion. <laughs> So when the Holy Spirit is going to give you a gift, and that's what it says clearly, he's going to give you a gift that you are going to be like, shut up. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's insane. You know what I mean? Um, I was talking to someone this past week who on the opposite side of the whole ah, gift I don't like thing, and they were like, man, there's times when I use my spiritual gift and I just feel like, oh, this is so cool because I know God is working through me and it's like a gift that I just love having. I'm so excited, right? Um, I remember two times in my life, I think I've got the gift of preaching and teaching. So feel free to like come up afterwards and be like, bro, you so don't. Your preaching is just rubber. Actually, don't. I'll burst into tears and run out the room. Um, I think I have a gift of preaching, but who knows, right? I, anyway, whatever. Um, and I remember two times now when I've been preaching when I've just felt oh my gosh, this is so God using me right now. Does that make sense, eh? Um, one of them, I was at, preaching at Matamata Church over where Thomas is from. Whoa, freaky. Preaching in Matamata, and halfway through the sermon, I just felt so, like, this is what I was made to do. This is God working through me. Ah! And I had to do this weird thing because I was getting all emotional, and I like, said to everyone, turn to someone around you and say, Jesus loves you, or some weird thing. I don't know what I said. And then I just turned around because I was like crying because I was like, I just can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe the Spirit is empowering me. Does it make sense, eh? That's what our, our gift should be. So as you guys do the workbook and start working through that and talk to people who know you, our prayer as a leadership team and staff's praying, all these people, we're praying that as you get it, it's always a journey. You might you know, find out your gift and be like, mm-hmm, but then over time, <laughs> or maybe when you find out, you're like, oh, our prayer is that over time you're going to be like, oh, my, oh my gosh, <laughs> Oh my gosh, when I work in this gift, I know the Spirit is empowering me. This is like, does it make sense, eh? Because God loves you and he wants to work through you. Does it make sense? It's all good. Thanks, Andrew. Glad you're here, bro. Love that beard. Shivers. All right. Hey, so I'm doing two today. So I think um, the first one I think is real misunderstood. So um, let's jump into it. Here's a description um, of it. So this is administration, right? To, sh- to steer the body, and by body they're meaning the church, right? To steer the body toward the accomplishment of God-given goals and directives by planning, organizing, and supervising others. Um, I love this definition because this to me is totally not what I grew up understanding administration, the gift of administration is, right? So I'm going to unpack this. This is when I grew up. I understood the gift of administration was like, and no disrespect to anyone in the church, an old lady in like a distant, dusty back room working with spreadsheets and things and email. You know what I mean? Like that's what I kind of had as this image of administration. But when you look at this, it's like, man, this is nothing like an old lady in a back room doing something weird. No disrespect to old ladies who live in back rooms. I don't know. Um, let me read it again. To steer the, the church, right? To steer the church toward the accomplishment of God-given goals. And this is the cool part. And directors by planning, organizing, and supervising others. 
Man, I just love that. That's such a, an empowering kind of massive gift, right? One of the things I love about this is a lot of research I did, they, they associate it very strongly with the gift of leadership because this gift is going to be empowering people, but it's also leading people in a whole bunch of different ways, which I want to talk about and, and unpack a little bit. Um, uh, as you guys know, I used to work at a Bible college, and over there I had a personal assistant, which is like sounds much cooler than it really is, but there was a staff member who their job was to help me do amazing stuff, basically. Um, and over the years that I was there, I had a number of different personal assistants, and, and all of them had the gift of administration, which was cool. Um, and it was really interesting seeing how totally different their gifts were, right? Um, so some of them were just amazing at organising the office and making sure the office just ran super smoothly. So there's one lady, um, she was so funny. She'd only been there like a week or two, and already she'd unpacked every single like drawer, cupboard, shelf, everything in the entire place, had it down, and then put everything back in like perfect little containers and things. And it was real funny as a staff, because everyone would be like, man, I can actually find the batteries now, or I know where the stamps are. Rather than like opening a cupboard and you're like, nah, it's just too hard, I'll just give up, you know. Um, she had this gift of administration, but part of her gift was really organising, right? I just love that. Um, there was another staff member who had this massive gift. It's kind of like this last one, supervising others. So we would run a lot of block courses, so all over the country. And so we'd have staff flying in, lecturers flying in, students flying in. And she would have it so organised that everyone knew exactly what was happening, when they were arriving, staff, you'd turn up at block course, there's all little folders and things for people, we'd have a staff meeting and she'd be like, okay, so you know, block course next week, we need someone to pray in the morning and someone to pull all these people together. And it was just like the coolest gift of administration ever. She wasn't hiding in a back room working on Excel spreadsheets. Whoa. Sorry, Mark, where's Mark? <laughs> He's not even here. He's been raptured because he was so... He's over there, sorry. Anyone else who's an accountant, love you, love your joy with Excel spreadsheets, but I think you're nuts. Hey, um, here's a verse we're going to look at, and I chose this picture specifically because this is kind of not really administration, right? That's what we often think. Administration is like just sitting in an office doing crazy stuff, but it's not. Hey, if you've got your Bible, jump over to um, 1 Corinthians uh, 12 as we were going. Uh, and I'm going to read this from the... Uh, the NIV, because this is a real interesting um, way they explain it. Um, where are we going? First Corinthians 12, 28. It says, And God placed in the church um, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping. And then the next one is the gift of administration, but they use this real interesting word. So of helping, of guidance and of different kinds of tongues. Um, I just found that really interesting that they use the word guidance. And when you look, if I go back, you look at this, this description, and you go, oh man, that fits so well. Like this word administration um, fits so well with this word of guidance. There's so much guiding, like planning, organizing, super, supervising others. I just wanted to work hard to get us away from the whole, oh, great. I filled out that blasted workbook that church sent me, and I've got the gift of administration. Great. Now they're going to lock me in a back room with an old lady. No, I don't know. Um, it's, it's just not it, right? It's huge. Um, here's a, um, a, a quote that, that kind of explains it a bit more, and that specific word that these, um, some translations will say administration, some will say this kind of guidance. Um, this is explaining that. Um, it says, the Greek word for a spiritual gift of administration is a unique term that refers to a shipmaster or captain. The literal meaning is to steer or to rule or govern. 
It carries the idea of someone who guides and directs a group of people towards a goal. Isn't that phenomenal? Are you with me on the phenomenal? Shot, team. Thanks for the enthusiasm. Or destination. We see variants of this word in verses like Acts 27, 11. I'll, I'll look at that verse in a minute, but I just love how much bigger this gift is than what we often think about, right? Certainly much bigger than what I grew up with. I love this idea of a, of a ship's captain, right? Where was that? Um, it's a unique term that refers to a, a shipmaster or a captain. It literally means to steer. To, oh, I just love that, eh? Um, here's Acts 27. Here's Acts 27. Um, but the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. Same Greek word, right? Same Greek word. So someone who has the gift of administration, the last thing we're going to do is lock you in a back room. Because if you're an idiot and you're on a ship, you lock the captain in the back room. Does that make sense? <laughs> and give him a whole bunch of spreadsheets and say, go wild, bro. Again, no disrespect, Mark. Love you, bro. Your captain you put right at the front. Because <laughs> he's like guiding the whole crazy ship to where it needs to go, right? I love that. Um, just to tell a silly story. I have piloted ships twice in my life. They were actually boats. One was disastrous, and after about two minutes, my friend threw me out of the road because we were going to crash. It was a speedboat thingy, and I was just, I don't know, I was driving, anyway, it was just not, I was turning and things, it was not a not good experience. Um, the other one, I don't think I've told you, I um, was yachting, right? And so I was yachting with my father-in-law, and we were yachting from um, Kawakawa Bay, which is at the bottom of the Hauraki Gulf, uh, up around the top of uh, Coromandel and then down to Waihi, Bowen Town on that side. And we were going all night because we were manly men, right? And none of this like camp for the night or that like, wussy stuff. And so we um, kind of yatched off, yachted off at, well, I don't know, like whatever o'clock at night. And then at like, I think it was about 10, he went to bed um, and we kept on yachting and I was the yacht captain, shipmaster thing, had the hat. No, I didn't have a hat. <laughs> um, didn't have a good beard like that guy had before either. And so he'd said, now, we're in the Holdaker Gulf. There's islands and reefs and all sorts of stuff, but I've, you know, here's the course. Stay on this course. And there was a little compass there that was, um, had like a light on it so I could see where we're going. But because I'm such a manly man, I was like, compass, schmumpus. I will navigate with the stars because it was a real clear night. And so, have I told you this story? No? Yeah, I'm such a captain. So I'm um, watching the stars, and I was like, this is so cool. And so we were going to do like four-hour shifts. And so I was doing, I think it was like 10 to 2 or something, and I'm very proudly ignoring the compass and like navigating by the stars, right? And then at 2 o'clock, I think it was, um, Joseph's dad wakes up. He comes out, checks the compass, and he's like, oh, my goodness, we're so off course. What are you doing? And I was like... Bro, I wasn't worrying about that. I was navigating with the stars. And he's like, you realise the stars move? And I was like, what? And he's like, our world is turning and stars are moving. He said, you can't navigate with the stars. You have to do this thing and adjust. And I was like, ah! And then he was, yeah, freaking out. Maps, changing course, right? Um, I, I did not have the gift of administration in that sense because I was not guiding the ship well at all, right? So he guided us back. That was just a good story to remind you what an idiot I am. <laughs> Um, here's the, the description from another source. With this gift, the Holy Spirit enables certain Christians to organize, direct, and implement plans to lead others in the various ministries of the church. This gift is closely related to the gift of leadership, that's what I was saying, right? But is more goal or task oriented and is also more concerned with details and organization. Um, man, I just love this description, right? I love this description. I... 
I'm really hoping you're getting what this gift of administration means and not what a lot of us kind of thought. It's like, oh, if I have a gift of administration, I'm just, it's such an empowering, um, encouraging, leading kind of gift. Um, I was thinking about it like this. So Brayden, who we all know, is Brayden here? Yeah, what's up, Brayden? Good to see you, bro. Um, Brayden, who we know, stepped up to lead the men's ministry. I have no idea if Brayden has the gift of administration or not, but we'll find out when he fills out this little workbook and stuff. Why would you laugh? Oh, my God. I love you, Brayden. These people, evil. Man, they'll slash their tires afterwards. Um, if Brayden doesn't have the gift of administration... Does, when you look at this description, you see that it would just be glorious for the whole men in this church if someone with the gift of administration would come alongside Brayden. Does that make sense, eh? Because Brayden's job is to lead the ministry and, you know, do some high-level organizing and all this kind of stuff, coordinating God. But, man, if there was someone with the gift of administration to come alongside Brayden and be like, Brayden, I don't want to be the upfront guy. That freaks me out. But, man, if I could help, like, schedule stuff and do the emails and, man, maybe we could pull a team together and I could work with that team to support, you know what? Do you see the difference, eh? That gift of administration? Anyone see the difference? No one? Okay, I'm moving on. Thanks, Annette. Um, The other one I was thinking was the youth ministry, right? Um, The youth ministry. So um, we have Richard, who's amazing. We have Will, who's pretty amazing. Nah, Will's super amazing. Um, Leading the whole youth ministry at the moment. And like you can see in there, there's this really cool combination of someone who's a crazy leader, someone else who's come alongside supporting, organizing, structuring stuff. I just so love this connection. Um, here's a scary thing, and I, I want to say this really, really carefully, so don't, please don't misunderstand me. Um, we have a real cool ministry here at church, which is the meal train, right? And so we cook meals for people who are in need or have had a baby or whatever and bless them with with food, um, and there's people in our church that have the gift of administration, and the one I'm going to talk about in a minute is the gift of service, right? So the gift of service is a gift that comes along kind of underneath other gifts and lifts up other gifts and allows other people to use their gifts amazingly, okay? One of the things that would really scare me is if Braden started doing a really, really rubbish job of leading the men's ministry because someone in our church who had the gift of administration didn't go, yes. I have the gift of administration. I'm really excited about the men's ministry. Probably good if you're a man. <laughs> man, I want to get beside Braden and allow Braden to really lead that men's ministry amazingly. Now, the thing that scares me is someone does the test and sees it and goes, oh, gift of administration. <laughs> um, the Holy Spirit knows the holes in our church. He knows the gifts that we desperately need in our church to bless and grow and build people up, right? Um, the other thing I was thinking of, and, and this is about Will and, and Richard, who won't mind me talking about them because they're like legends. I was thinking about like this. Imagine someone does the test, and I'm going to talk about the gift of service in a minute. They do the test, and they find that they've got the gift of service, and they're kind of like, man, I'm just really not excited. I'm not going to try using that. And then we have a whole bunch of needs in the meal train, a whole bunch of meals need to be cooked. And so Will and Richard, and I, this could be a terrifying thing, so I apologise to their wives, Will and Richard decide to just kind of start doing a bad job with uh, the youth because they just don't have time to youth and cook meals. Can Will cook, Sarah? I don't know. Will's a good cook? Mm, okay, that's good. So Will starts the youth ministry. We see it. It's going really good at the moment, but over the next two or three months, we see the youth ministry just really struggle because there's weeks where Richard, instead of organizing and planning and being like a wild man with the youth, he's cooking meals and doing stuff. Will's cooking meals and doing stuff, and the youth ministry starts to really struggle. 
And the whole reason would simply be because someone who's got that gift of service isn't stepping forward to use that gift. You see what I'm meaning, eh? It's like a supporting gift. It's a gift that goes, no, Will has this gift of leading the youth and kicking it out of the park. Richard has this gift of leading the youth and just making it amazing. So I've got the gift of service. How do I come along behind them, beside them, sort out other things so they're empowered to use their gift? That's where we're going with this, um, this gift of service, right? Here's a little um, description. The gift of service. That's meant to be a heart painted on hands. I don't know if you can see it. An active service done in genuine love for the edification of the community. I love that, eh? An active service done in genuine love for the edification of the community. Heaps of these gifts, um, this administration gift and this gift of service, are real behind-the-scenes gifts, right? Behind-the-scenes gifts. Often they're like, no, no, I don't want to know. I'm just happy to do stuff. Happy to serve here. Happy to sort out this administration thing. I want to serve behind the... the, the the big upfront stuff. Um, I love this little picture, right? Um, it's a cool picture, eh? I was thinking when I was looking for a, a picture that ex- explained the gift of service, I thought this was really cool. If you're on the podcast, um, there's like a massive old tree and it's kind of falling over and someone's carved this giant hand and the hand is like holding up the tree. And I was like, this is a really cool description of the gift of service because the gift of service, like I'm saying, is, is behind the scenes, but it's there to support and, and lift up other gifts other ministries, right? Um, the way other people want to serve. Um, here's a description, right? Um, those with this gift, so this is the gift of service, those with this gift do not seek recognition or a position in the spotlight. They just love to help out. They're content with serving in the background, knowing that their contribution will bless the church, display the love of Christ to the world, and bring glory to God. I just love this description. Let me read it again. Those with this gift do not seek recognition or a position in the spotlight. They just love to help out. They are content with serving in the background, knowing that their contribution will bless the church, display the love of Christ to the world, and bring glory to God. I just love this. Did you know there's ladies in the church that will cook meals for the meal train, and they'll drop it here um, to put it in the freezer, and they're like, don't even tell them who it's from. They just want to bless. And I'm like... Because I'm a bit of a like, man, I will take those meals around and take the credit. And I'm like, no, no, I can't do that, right? <laughs> I'm just like, man, that, isn't that the most beautiful gift of service? I just want to cook meals and have them in the freezer if someone needs it. There's no names on it. I'm like, man, it's just beautiful, eh? Um, that description carries on and, and says this. The Holy Spirit endows some believers with this gift to fill the many gaps of ministry and meet the needs of the church as it fulfills the Great Commission. The goal is to energize the church and free up others to use their gifts to the fullest. I love that. Let me read the end again. The goal is to energize the church and free up others to use their gifts to the fullest. Um, I just love that, eh? That's just so cool. So cool. Again, if you have that gift of administration, if you have that gift of service, it's not because the Holy Spirit was just like, it's a lolly scramble of gifts. Good luck. It's not that at all. The Holy Spirit has looked at us as a church and gone, oh, there's a hole here. So I'm going to gift so-and-so with that gift that they're going to love to serve. And if that person has that gift and doesn't serve, then we as a church struggle, right? We as a church struggle. Um, you see this gift real clearly over in Acts 6. Um, and so if you've got your Bible, jump over to Acts 6. I'm just going to read this. To me, this is one of the clearest descriptions of... Um, that gift of service, and you really clearly see what would happen if people didn't step up to use that gift of service. So let me read this. Um, Acts 6, I'm just reading verses 1 to 4. 
it says, and this is like the early church, so the church is real new, so only super fresh, right? In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews. There's just like two different um, beliefs in the Jews is the easy way to understand it. Because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the 12, get, so that's the 12 apostles, gathered all the disciples together and said, and this is real interesting, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We'll turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And verse 5 says this proposal pleased the whole group and they chose Stephen and yada, yada, yada. There's a couple of things I really love about these, um, these verses here. I'll, I'll read verse 2 again. It would, and then the, the apostles are not saying this in an arrogant way, right? It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. But you can see what they're saying. They're saying, hey, we are gifted to, and what they talk about is leading prayer and, um, and teaching, preaching. And what they say is it would be wrong for us to neglect the gift that the Holy Spirit has given us and step into trying to use a gift that we don't have, which is the gift of service, right? You see that pretty clearly, eh? And there's no way that they're saying in an, an arrogant kind of sense, like, oh, you know, we're so important. We can't, we'll get, that's not what they're saying at all. But they're saying, hey, someone, the Holy Spirit has gifted people with this gift of service, so we need to find those people to do that so that we can keep doing what we're gifted and called to do. Again, it's like Richard and, and Will. It would just be stupid of us as a church to see them sitting at home cooking meals all the time and the youth diminish. It's better for them to say, okay, people with the gift of service, people with the gift of hospitality, you sort the meals, we're going to do what we need to do over here. I, I just love that, right? I love that. Hey, um, last verse, and then we're going to carry on worshipping. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, I wanted to finish with this. Kind of, this, to me, has been one of the key verses that we've looked at again and again as we've gone through this series. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. So we can help each other out, right? <laughs> so we can help each other out. That's the whole reason that we have these spiritual gifts, to bless one another, to build one another up. And I don't want to, this is going to come across real negative, but I don't know how to say it in a non-negative way. I'm just kind of, I'm super excited that there's a ton of people who over the next you know, month or so are going to realize their spiritual gift, step into using that, and for some of them, for the first time in their life, experience the Holy Spirit really working through them, right? Because to me, that's one of the biggest dangers. If you're not using your spiritual gift, you're not going to experience the Holy Spirit working through you in the way that he's designed you, right? So there's that, that, that danger. But one of the things that worries me the most is that some people are going to see their spiritual gift and just be like, oh, nah. Oh, I got the workbook. It's so huge. What are those clowns thinking? That's going to take me forever to figure out. Oh, I'll just shelve it. <laughs> and then if we read this verse, um, the last bit is, so we can help each other. What that literally means is that there's people in our church who desperately need you to use that gift, because it will bless them and build them up, that they're not going to be blessed, they're not going to be built up. <laughs> because you, and I, I know this sounds real negative, eh, but because you in a quite a selfish way, and to me a foolish way, because you're not going to experience the Spirit working through you, you in a selfish way have gone, nah, I just can't be blown doing it. Or when I did it, I found the gift. And now the church wants me to go to a consultation where I'm meant to sit down with a couple of leaders in the church. And now I'll just kind of slip out the back door. And I'm like, man, you miss out. <laughs> but where's the church miss out? Because again, the Holy Spirit hasn't just lolly scrambled. The Holy Spirit's gone, oh man, here's a hole. 
here's a need in the church, so I'm going to give you that gift so you can bless others, build others up. Yeah, I love that. Hey, Etu, let's all stand. Hey, worship team, you guys want to come on up? So we're going to carry on worshiping, and then we're going to um, go into communion. So let me pray for us, eh? Mm. Um, thank you uh, that you, through your Holy Spirit, give us the gifts that we desperately need in this church. And yeah, we get blessing, we get fulfillment, we get joy, but the real reason for giving them is to build us up as a church, empower us, strengthen us, encourage us. Um, yeah, I really do pray in the name of Jesus that as people start looking at the workbook uh, and whether they're in a life group or they're doing it by themselves, um, that, that you instill in them a real joy, a real excitement. Um, I pray that there's folks who start filling it out and are just like, oh my gosh, oh my goodness, I am so excited. I need to get that consultation thing happening like now because I want to start using this gift that the Spirit's given me. This is just so exciting, God. Um, yeah, I pray for wisdom for folks that are in a tough season at the moment. Um, I pray you'll give them wisdom. Is this the best time to do it? Should they kind of put it off for a while? Um, but is this something that may give them joy? So maybe they need to invest that energy in it, God. I don't know. Yeah, I just really pray a blessing over us as a church as we step into these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. Um, if the Bible's true, and we believe it is, um, this will bring massively increased blessing and encouragement and empowerment of us as followers of Jesus uh, here at church, God. And we desperately want that. Um, we want to see people fulfilled and encouraged as they use that gift, but we want to see people within our church and, and outside, just blessed and drawn closer to you um, as someone uses the gift that you've given them, God. Yeah, can you just bless those little workbooks eh, as they went out? And I pray as people open them that you'll really meet with them um, that as they start working through all the questions and the discussions in there that they would just start getting that sense of excitement and joy and that sense of, now I just can't wait to use this, God. Can you bring real clarity too? Real clarity, yeah. Thanks always for your care for us. Thanks for giving us another chance this morning to really worship you in song. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.